Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. Here we go again. (laughs) I, of course, am grateful. It's just where my heart starts. I'm grateful for A Course in Miracles. So uh, my name is Jennifer Hadley, and you're listening to the A Course in Miracles podcast that I have been doing since 2011. It's an honor and a privilege to share. And... I like to begin every episode and close every episode with a blessing and a prayer. So I place my hand in my heart and I wholeheartedly partner up with that higher Holy Spirit self, recognizing the love that we are, recognizing the love that everyone is. So grateful and thankful to know that this podcast, this conversation in the invisible, this dialogue that spirit is having with itself by means of us is deeply healing and nourishing and uplifting. It's powerfully productive. We are grateful and thankful that the power of love is awake and alive within us and we're demonstrating it in our life, in our conversations, in our activities and in every function of the body temple. We are grateful to know we are blessed and we are a blessing and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. All right, I am going to dive right in, and uh, my mm, uh, my intuition is saying some people might be thinking, 2011. I don't see all those episodes. We have a if you're on iTunes listening with their podcast app, as many of us do, they uh, require us to have more than one podcast if we have more than 300 episodes. So right now we have a second podcast called A Course in Miracles Archive. And uh, before too long, we're going to have to have a third one because we're coming up to 600 episodes. So I'll let you know the name of that as soon as we decide. And here we go. The, The thing we're looking at this week is... The Function of Time. So this is the name of a section in Chapter 3. Chapter 3 is entitled The Guiltless World. And time is something that I find most people, most spiritual students definitely have issues with. It's an ego issue. And so I've done probably a handful of episodes about relieving the mind of 
the suffering that is generated over false beliefs about time. And uh, healing that mindset about not enough time has been profoundly beneficial to me. I mean, just poof, so beneficial to me. So I encourage you to take a look at those episodes. You can search for them. And uh, I think if you're using an app like Spotify, you'll get all the episodes there at Spotify. So... This section is about what what is time for? What is the function of time? Why do we experience the illusion of time? Uh, Many spiritual students, we've heard for a long time, if we've been doing this work, that time and space are not real. And we say, oh yeah, I know that. We've heard it so many times. We say, oh, I I know time and space aren't real. Yeah, duh, tell me something I don't know. But... um, We don't live as though we know it's not real. We don't live as though it's not real. And if we're willing, if we're interested, and we'd like to know that time and space aren't real in a very clear way, in other words, we'd like to let go of the blocks to the knowing that time and space aren't real. Our willingness is the only requirement. We can let the Holy Spirit know, I'm ready to let go of structuring my life as though time and space are real. I'm ready to work at the level of the mind in a more quantum way. And then perhaps you will have experiences as I've had that have clearly demonstrated to me that time and space are not a real thing. Uh, Recently, the... Best movie of the year at the Oscars was Everything Everywhere All at Once. And I believe that Spirit is giving us movies like this, like The Matrix and many others, that are helping us to comprehend that time and space are not real. And what is real is love. So let's look at this section here and see what it offers us in our goal of letting go of the painful aspects of being attached to thinking that time and space are real. Hope I'm not getting too intellectual here. (laughs) But I do find that this is helpful, so I'm sure you will too. So again, this is section four of chapter three. 13, the function of time. So Jesus begins with, and now the reason why you're afraid of this course should be apparent. So by now, by chapter 13, for this is a course on love because it's about you. You've been told that your function in this world is healing and your function in heaven is creating. The ego teaches that your function on earth is destruction and you have no function at all in heaven. The ego would thus destroy you here and bury you here, leaving you no inheritance except the dust out of which it thinks you were made. As long as it is reasonably satisfied with you, as its reasoning goes, it offers you oblivion. When it becomes overtly savage, it offers you hell. 
All right. So to me, the most helpful thing here is to remember that our function in this world is healing and the ego has as our function destruction. So when we're being negative, when we're judging ourselves and others, when we're complaining, when we're attacking, when we're in a uh, an emotional pit of guilt and shame and fear and anger and blame and resentment and regret, then we are in that ego function of destruction. Now, our spiritual identity, our magnificence, can never be destroyed. Not by us. Not, no. We, not in this world. Not in this experience. It's not going to be destroyed. Our divinity is intact forever. So, when we step into being willing to be a healing presence in this world, to be of service to the light, to be a teacher of God, what it really fundamentally being means is we're just going to be ourselves. We're just going to be loving because that is what we are. As he says here, this is a course on love because it's about you. Teach only love for that is what you are. So when we are being loving, we're fulfilling our function. Forgiveness is letting go of unloving thoughts. It really is. It's saying, I don't need these unloving thoughts anymore. I'm interested in the truth, and the truth is love. I am love, and so is everyone else, regardless of what they've done or not done, said or not said. Moving on. Yet neither oblivion nor hell is as unacceptable to you as heaven. So heaven, we resist heaven more than we resist hell. And you know what? I would say that for a large portion of my life, that was absolutely true. I never would have articulated it that way, but that was the truth of it. Heaven was less acceptable to me than hell. I had more resistance to heaven than to hell. He says, your definition of heaven is hell and oblivion, and the real heaven is the greatest threat you think you could experience. For hell and oblivion are ideas that you made up, and you are bent on demonstrating their reality to establish yours. So just think about how often, how frequently do you condemn others or yourself, thinking of yourself or others as bad or wrong or sinful or deserving to be punished. Right there, we're fomenting our own belief in hell and we are rejecting heaven. So... I know for myself, that's where I lived most of my life until I was willing to change my mind and break the habit of separation thinking. And it was the hardest thing I ever did. And 
I'm so glad I put everything I had into it. I mean, I was really negative, so probably not as negative as you. (laughs) He says, you believe that attack is your reality and your destruction is the final proof that you are right. So we have these negative images of ourselves, of the false self, and we are constantly looking to prove that we're right. That's just because we're aligned with the ego thought system. Not because there's something wrong with us or that we are bad or wrong, but simply that because we believe that we are bad or wrong. It's because we are identified with the ego thought system of stinking thinking. He says, under the circumstances, would it not be more desirable to have been wrong, even apart from the fact that you were wrong? So this is a place I feel is often overlooked by A Course in Miracles students. Just the willingness to say, I've been wrong. I've been wrong. I've been wrong about being an idiot. I've been wrong about being a loser. I've been wrong about being unlovable. And I'm wrong about thinking other people are losers or unlovable. I have been wrong. And I'm only interested in being right-minded, miracle-minded now. Holy Spirit, make it so. Holy Spirit, show me the way. I'm willing to give up all attachments to wrong-mindedness. So for me, I found there's tremendous relief in being able to go, ah, I was so wrong. I was so wrong. And remembering to laugh just like that. I was so wrong. Oh, my God, I was so self-deluded. Oh, my gosh. Well, I must have brought that belief in with me to heal. And to heal it, I am. I am the love of God. My mind is the mind of God. My heart is the heart of God. My life is the life of God. And in this world, my hand is the very hand of God. And I am going to use it to be loving. Wholeheartedly. Yes, Holy Spirit. Make the way. It seems like there's no way I could ever rise up But when it seems like there's no way, when it seems like we're facing a brick wall composed of all our false beliefs, all our condemnation, all our regret and resentment, the hurt, the pain, the blame, the shame, when it seems like there's no way out, Holy Spirit can dissolve that wall. Holy Spirit can part the sea. Holy Spirit can lift us up above the battlefield. Our willingness is all that's required. Would it not be more desirable to have been wrong and just simply admit, I was wrong. I was so wrong. And remember to laugh. And he he talks about the past and past lives here. He says, while, this is paragraph three now, while it could perhaps be argued that death suggests there was life, 
No one would claim that it proves there is life. Even the past life that death might indicate could only have been futile if it must come to this and needs this to prove that it was at all. So we can be wrong about even death and life. That's what he's saying. We can even recognize, I was wrong about death. There is no death. There's the appearance, yes, the appearance, the body dies. But I continue because I am of God. My nature is infinite, eternal love. And that, as I've talked about many times, was how I helped Holy Spirit undo the attachment to feeling like a failure in time and space by saying, I am eternal, I am infinite, time is not a real thing, I am a real thing. So, we're opening our mind to be truly honest, to be consistent, and that every time we feel the attachment to time, whenever we feel it, we remind ourselves, this is what I did, I am not bound by time because I am eternal, infinite spirit. Time has no hold on me. I cannot have a lack of time because I am eternal. And what I discovered, once I was really willing to practice that, what I discovered is that one of the ways that the ego thought system is designed to keep us in the cycle of repeating shame and guilt, because they really go together so beautifully, or not beautifully, they go together so... Hmm. Often, let's put it that way, um, that I would feel ashamed that I wasn't able to manage time better. I felt guilty that I wasn't able to manage time better. I felt guilty and ashamed that I wasn't accomplishing more. That was a giant boulder that I carried on my back for the first two-thirds of my life. Just a giant boulder. I'm not getting enough done. I'm not successful enough in this world. I'm not accomplishing enough. So this is why I've done a handful of episodes about getting that bugaboo off. All right, so moving on. He says here, and I use the FIP version here, so this is page 245, chapter 13, section 4, paragraph 4. The ego has a strange notion of time, and it is with this notion that your questioning might well begin. The ego invests heavily in the past, and in the end believes that the past is the only aspect of time that is meaningful. Remember that the ego's emphasis on guilt enables it to ensure its continuity 
by making the future like the past and thus avoiding the present. Well, that is a true thing. So the ego, with its emphasis on guilt, is making sure that we stay identified with the ego by constantly recycling the past in our mind so that we keep projecting the past onto the future, living in the past, living in the future, but not touching down into the present moment with real clarity. And of course, in the present moment, that's where the love is. That's where reality with a capital R is. In the present moment is where we can have a healing. In the present moment is where we can have a realization of truth. In the present moment, that's where we can open to receive intuition and insight and inspiration. And you see, now I really live my life by intuition, inspiration. Very much so. All the time, all day long, I'm following guidance and inspiration. That's why I have this topic now. I didn't pick the topic. Spirit did. I opened the book to the page. I held the book in my hand. And I said, what am I to talk about today? And this was the topic. I did a quick check to make sure I hadn't really covered it before. But I believe me, many topics I've covered multiple times. Because I'm so excited about the healing they give us when we understand them, the healing I've received and shared. So I do have um, many topics, uh, many episodes on the same topics. All right. So let's be clear about this, that the ego thought system is designed to keep us ensnared, enmeshed in the unconscious guilt, the shame, And recycling in those, leading us to conclude that we're not good enough, something's wrong with us, we are bad, we're unworthy of love, we can't do it, we don't have what it takes, etc., etc. Proving our beliefs day in and day out, not that they are true, but that we believe them. So that's what's happening and it does, the, the, the thought system of the ego is designed to keep us recycling the past, projecting it on the future, so we avoid the present moment where the healing power of love is. He goes on, by the notion of paying for the past in the future, the past becomes the determiner of the future, making them continuous without an intervening present. So, in in other words, we can think of we're going to pay for our sins in the future. That's the ego thought system. Don't want to pay for our sins now. We'll pay for them in the future, which gives us the freedom to commit the sins now, to be sinful now, to be mean and nasty now, to be um, negligent now, to... Uh, have hateful thoughts now, to trash our body now. We'll pay for it in the future. Don't have to pay for it now. Pay for it in the future. 
So this is how our past beliefs about ourselves determine our future. Because of our past beliefs about ourselves, we are, and about life, about love, about God, about redemption, about healing, because of our past beliefs, uh, we are recycling them, our attachment to them, believing that they're true. We're recycling them and also saying, I'll pay for that in the future. So we fear the future. We fear the future. And we don't understand that the escape from both is in the present moment. The notion of paying for the past in the future, then the past becomes the determiner of the future, making both the past and the future continuous without an intervening present where the healing is, where the love is. He says, For the ego regards the present only as a brief transition to the future in which it brings the past to the future by interpreting the present in past terms. Now has no meaning to the ego. The present merely reminds it of past hurts, and it reacts to the present as if it were the past. The ego cannot tolerate release from the past, and although the past is over, the ego tries to preserve its image by responding as if it were present. So the ego cannot tolerate release from the past. Because if we release ourselves from the past, the false beliefs of the past, the pain and suffering of the past, we are going to do it by undoing that unconscious guilt. And that is the foundation of the ego thought system. Oh my gosh, there comes my music. Oh, it snuck right up on me. All right. Well, my name is Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles. And I've got a lot more to come and to share about the function of time. We are so grateful to have this teaching. I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles. Living the love, walking the talk. Welcome back. My name is Jennifer Hadley. We're talking about A Course in Miracles, and we are talking about the function of time. We are in Chapter 13, Section 4. I'm just going to make a couple of quick announcements here, actually, before I dive in. My Prayer Power class, which is one of my more popular short classes. It's only four sessions and you get all the recordings and everything. Um, That is starting April 17th, Monday, April 17th. I love teaching about prayer because prayer has completely changed my life. It was a gateway for me. And that's what so many people in Masterful Living and Finding Freedom, my year-long course, my boot camp course, tell me. 
they thank me all the time that they learned how to pray and they have it as a tool that they use every day, uh, all throughout their days. And we have a powerful prayer ministry for the participants in our programs. And somebody, I was just reading a testimony today, uh, this morning, that somebody wrote in one of our chat groups about how grateful they were for the prayer because they put in a prayer request and within an hour they experienced the shift. And that, that's a regular occurrence for us. So having this tool, this is the kind of thing that we, the unconscious guilt makes us feel unworthy of having these tools and recognizing that our mind is the mind of God and what we hold in our mind becomes our experience. And so we can use that in a powerful and positive way to transform our life and to bring benefit to all those around us through the power of prayer. And so then we're fulfilling our function. Really, we are. by It's such a loving thing, and it's a way that we're communing with our Creator. So that's coming up in May. I'll be opening registration soon for my Change Your Mind About Your Body program. It's a five-month program, and uh, it's all uh, going to be incorporating A Course in Miracles, and we are going to look at many different aspects of working with the body. I have worked with so many people uh, over the years who have had tremendous, tremendous healing in the body, and we can. And this includes even um, just, it's all about working with the mind. So even if you have emotional stuff, I mean, everybody has stuff about the body. So I I really got the strong prompting last year to do this course now. And so I am putting it together. I'm extremely excited about it. I Healing my mind about my body has been one of the most productive things I've done because I just, uh, I feel good about my body. I feel good about my body and I'm grateful for that. And my body feels good to me and I'm very grateful for that as well. And then we have other things coming up. I'm going to be opening for registration soon as well. I'm doing a Camino walk. I'm doing the same Camino walk that my dear friends Bill Free and Lisa Natoli did two years in a row with the same person. They loved it so much they did it twice. And uh, I know people that did it. They loved it too. So we're going to do that and have a great time with it. And have some fun. Get outdoors. And so that's going to basically be the first couple weeks in October. And I'm going to start with a few days in Barcelona. Just having some fun there. You can join me for all or part. And um, Finding Freedom, that'll happen in October as well. And uh, more things coming your way. Stop Playing Small Retreat will be in the fall. Spiritual counseling training. Uh, We've got all kinds of things happening this year for counselors, coaches, therapists, teachers, people who are interested in doing presentations, working with clients, getting more clients, uh, heart-centered marketing, lots of different programs. So I can't even begin to cover it all. So you can go to poweroflovemistry.net jenniferhadley.com 
you will see those things. You can also go to livingacourseofmiracles.com. We have our Miracle Circles program there. You find it in the resources. Lots and lots of great things. Um, a lot of it's free. Okay, yes, including we are doing many free forgiveness workshops. Every month we're doing one now. So come check out all these wonderful things. All right, so back to the ego cannot tolerate release from the past. And although the past is over, the ego tries to preserve its image by responding as if it were the present. It dictates your reactions to those you meet in the present from a past reference point, obscuring their present reality. So he's talking about how we, there's something about somebody, it bothers us, it's the past coming up for healing. But very often, we don't treat it as though it's the past coming up for healing. We get triggered, and we feel upset. We don't recognize this is a healing opportunity. If we don't take the healing opportunity, we're not fulfilling our function. If we're not a healing presence in our relationships, in our conversations, in our activities, if we're not a loving presence, if we're repeating the past without recognizing that we have other choices, that we can make a U-turn, we can go the other way, we can declare our willingness, invoke the Holy Spirit, so many options we have to center ourselves in the present moment where the love is and take ourselves out of the hypnotism of the past and the fantasies of the future, the projections of the future. If we don't learn to practice, uh, you know how they used to say stop, drop, and roll? It's like stop, look around mentally, listen to the Holy Spirit. Stop, look, and listen only to the Holy Spirit, that one voice that Jesus talks about. Jesus wasn't special. He didn't have a special ability. What he did was he released everything that was false. So he wasn't impeded by unconscious guilt and attachments to the false. You see, the the unconscious guilt is a self-perpetuating system because we also, I believe, feel guilty for allowing ourselves to be ruled by the guilt. When the guilt is a fabrication of the ego thought system, it's not a real thing. So when we're triggered, when we're upset, it's an opportunity for healing. And that's what I now hear everybody in my, my Power of Love ministry community say. They say over and over again, every day I hear people saying, this is up for healing in my life. This is up for healing. Oh, so that came up for healing. Oh, this came up for healing earlier today. They are looking at it differently. So they're recognizing that when there's a trigger and something is up for healing, it brings us benefit. All right, so moving along. I'm kind of skimming through these paragraphs because this is a little bit longer section. The shadowy figures from the past are precisely what you must escape. They are not real. 
and have no hold over you unless you bring them with you. Unless you bring them with you. I have a friend, Phil Nee. I haven't seen him in a long time. N-E-E. He's a comic, comedian, actor. And I had him teach improv at my first retreat that I did. It was so much fun. He's so talented. And uh, he did some of his stand-up routine back then, which was talking about relationships. Uh, Relationships should be like taking a flight on a plane. You should only be allowed to bring one bag or two bags with you, right? You can't bring all your baggage. You can only bring a little. (laughs) I've always remembered that. So this is what he's saying here. Uh, The shadowy figures have no hold over you. The painful things of the past have no hold over us unless we bring them with us. They carry the spots of pain in your mind, directing you to attack in the present in retaliation for a past that is no more. One thing I used to do all the time is I would treat people badly in the present moment to get retaliation for when I felt like a victim in the past. Have you ever done that? You you treat this barista poorly because you've had poor service from a barista in the past. You treat this telemarketer poorly because you've had a poor experience in the past forgetting that every moment offers us the opportunity to be the love that we truly are and by doing so heal our mind and the collective. Every moment gives us the opportunity to fulfill our function. That's why when I get a call, spam call, if I can, I answer it. Now, most of them these days are robocalls, but sometimes it's a person And I answer the phone when I don't recognize the number. I answer the phone, hello, my love. Hello, my love, how are you today? And a lot of times it's a robocall, so no big deal. Um, But if it's a person, I can actually talk with them for a moment and express my loving heart, which is healing to me. And of course, I'm being a loving presence. So the second characteristic of God's teachers after trust is honesty. Honesty is consistency. Being consistently loving. A telemarker gives us that opportunity. I have friends who have been telemarketers. I would always wish for them to be treated kindly. All right, so the people from the past, are the shadowy figures from the past, are what we're projecting onto the present moment. So by doing that, we're not in the present moment. We're repeating the past. And check this out. So they carry the spots of pain in your mind, directing you to attack in the present in retaliation for a past that is no more. And this decision to to do that 
is one of future pain. So what happens after we do that? Whether we recognize it or not, we feel guilty and ashamed that we were just unloving and unkind to a person because we're bringing our past with us, that baggage, and we're hitting them with our baggage. We're smacking them with our baggage, but we don't have to. He says, unless you learn that past pain is an illusion, you are choosing a future of illusions and losing the many opportunities you could find for release in the present. So now we're getting to the function of time. The ego would preserve your nightmares and prevent you from awakening and understanding they are the past. Now remember, it's the ego thought system. The ego has no power. The only power is the power of love, which is the power within us. We have all the power. Would you recognize a holy encounter if you're merely perceiving it as a meeting with your own past? My dear friend, Reverend Karen Russo, has talked about, and I, I feel so blessed she's in my life. She's one of my very best friends. She's been my prayer partner for over 25 years now. And uh, she, I remember back in the day, 25, 26, 27 years ago, when we started to pray together, 28 years ago, um, she would say, I'd say, how are you? She said, well, I had to go back to late night. I was doing stuff at Kinko's and I totally berated them. I ripped them a new one and I had to, I got home. I felt terrible. I went back to the Kinko's, back to the copy shop, uh, back to the FedEx store and said, I'm so sorry. You didn't deserve that. I was completely wrong to speak to you that way. Please forgive me. And that was her way of not atoning for her sins, but getting back into the present moment, taking responsibility for the choices that she made to project the past onto these people in the present moment. So this is how we heal. This is how we heal, recognizing the opportunity for a holy encounter that's always available to us. He says, the Holy Spirit teaches you that you always meet yourself and the encounter is always holy because you are. The Holy Spirit teaches you that you always meet yourself and the encounter is holy because you are. How beautiful is that? The ego teaches you that you always encounter your past and because your dreams were not holy, the future cannot be in the present is without meaning. Yep, that's how it works in the ego thought system. I so appreciate my friend's integrity, Karen, to go back and to take ownership, take responsibility for dumping the past on somebody in the present and that is a great act of integrity, and it's healing. And what I love about it, too, is it is demonstrating to people in the present moment, this is what love looks like. This is what we're taking responsibility looks like. Hardly anyone has a model for that. So 
when we can provide the model, we are being a healing presence. We're not only healing our experience of the past and the guilt and the shame that would stem from it. So we're healing our mind about the past. We are in the present moment being a healing presence. It's like once or twice I have spoken to my niece, my nephews. I can't really remember the incidents, but spoke to them maybe sharply with some judgment. I went back to them and said, hey, I had some judgment there. Has nothing to do with you. I'm sorry I put that on you. And of course, they go, no problem. Don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. But I'm demonstrating to them this is how people behave in a loving relationship. They take ownership for their unkindness. They take ownership for their projections. They take ownership of their perceptions, and they don't blame other people for it. And if they dump it on someone, they come back and say, you didn't deserve that. So that everyone involved can see that this is a holy relationship. So in a holy relationship, it's not that you would never have a judgment or a complaint or act poorly. In a holy relationship, you always take responsibility for it. If you see it. You know, sometimes we don't see it. So sometimes somebody will say, oh, that feels like you're judging me. And then if we're willing to be in integrity, we can say, ah, you're right. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're helping me be the best I can be. Yeah, I I remember listening to a news report that talked about a politician who, um, when he was dating before he got married, he would only date people who would never correct him. And I thought, oh, wow, imagine finding it intolerable for someone to say, oh, that's not the name of that restaurant. It's called this, or it's not on White Street, it's on Blue Street. Uh, no, it, it, they didn't open that restaurant in 1985. They opened it in 86. To have offer some other inside correction information, to be so vulnerable, you couldn't bear it. You didn't want to have a partnership with somebody who was there to help you, a helpmate in that way. It's too too much. And I thought, yeah, I think a lot of people are like that. They feel so insecure deep down that to have someone say, oh, no, that's not how you pronounce that word, or that's not the name of that place, uh, it's too much for them. And I can remember feeling like that. I had no room for the slightest little bit of, oh, no, that's not quite how it is. 
Oof, I'm so glad those days are over. Now I know if someone says, oh, that's not the name of that place, or no, that's not what happened in that moment, I can go, oh, you know what? You're right. Thank you. And I feel fine about it. I feel helped. I feel loved. All right, now we're coming to the crux of it here, the, the, the heart of the matter here with the function of time in this world. So paragraph seven, it is evident that the Holy Spirit's perception of time is the exact opposite of the ego's. The reason is equally clear, for they perceive the goal of time as diametrically opposed. So that, that's, isn't that the very essence of the ego thought system is to allow us to have an experience that is the polar opposite of our natural state, which is to be aligned with the Holy Thought, Holy Spirit's thought system. So th- this is the only way we can experience total oppositeness. It's always opposite day in the ego's way. So the Holy Spirit interprets time's purpose as rendering the need for time unnecessary. So for the Holy Spirit, time's purpose is to render the need for time unnecessary. So so it's so cool that time's purpose, according to the Holy Spirit, is to help us remember our true nature as infinite, eternal beings, not bound by anything. The Holy Spirit regards the function of time as temporary, serving only the Holy Spirit's teaching function, which is temporary by definition. So the Holy Spirit is to help us remember our true identity And time exists as a construct, or A Course in Miracles would say nothing real, um, uh, nothing unreal exists. So it wouldn't say that time exists. So I, I misspoke there. But the experience of time is something we have only while we're finding our way back home. So it's temporary by definition. The Holy Spirit's emphasis is therefore on the only aspect of time that can extend to the infinite. For now is the closest approximation of eternity that this world offers. It is in the reality of now, without the past or future, that the beginning of the appreciation of eternity lies. For only now is here, and only now presents the opportunities for the holy encounters in which salvation can be found. So in the now moment, we can experience love, we can extend love, we can know ourselves as love. In the now moment, we can have the willingness to drop the blocks to love to partner up with that higher Holy Spirit self and to be willing to be truly helpful, to be a healing presence 
to fulfill our function. And our function is to be a healing presence. And unless we're fulfilling our function, we cannot live a fulfilled life. Unless our function is to be a healing presence, and unless we are fulfilling our function, we cannot live a fulfilling life. So simple. I like it when it's simple like that. The ego, on the other hand, regards the function of time as one of extending itself in place of eternity. For like the Holy Spirit, the ego interprets the goal of time as its own. The continuity of past and future under the ego's direction is the only purpose the ego perceives in time, and it closes over the present so that no gap in its own continuity can occur. So what's happening is in the ego thought system, we just are going back and forth between the past and the present, I mean the future, and in the present moment what's happening when we're ego-identified is we're thinking about the future, so we're not really present, or we're in the, the recycling of the past, recycling of the past, repeating the past, re-experiencing the past. Now, everything works together for good, and there are no exceptions except in the opinion of the ego. So in the present moment, when we are recycling and revisiting and repeating the past, the, the good that is there for us is that when many times, isn't it true, that when we are repeating the past, we recognize there must be a better way. I, I can't do this anymore. I've done this so many times. I can't do this anymore. I've changed jobs 10 times, and I always seem to be working for the same person. I can't do this anymore. I have to change my mind about the world. Or I, I've been d- dating the same people, it seems like, in different bodies. The same thing is happening again and again. I'm having the same argument with my children, with my spouse. I'm repeating the past. There must be a better way. I'm willing to find the better way. I'm willing to let the Holy Spirit show me the better way. I'm willing to experience the better way. I'm willing to get off the hamster wheel. I'm willing to get out of the quagmire. I'm willing to get out of the whirlpool of pain and suffering. I'm willing. I'm willing. I'm willing. So... In this willingness, we can escape the past and the future, which don't actually exist, and live in the present moment where the love is. So this, this is something that meditation and contemplation can help us with. My experience has been that more than meditation and contemplation, prayer helped me. Prayer helped me. And there's a reason why there is a, a whole booklet on prayer that Jesus wrote for us called the Song of Prayer. So if you'd like to explore teachings on prayer, come join me in my Prayer Power class that starts April 17th. 
all the details at jenniferhadley.com. And we're also, we're launching a new website, powerofloveministry.net. Been working on it for some time now. Love to have you check that out. Tell us what you think. We're looking to do a better job of making the free things really accessible and easy for you to find. Time for a prayer. We're grateful and thankful that the love of God is all that there is and all that we are. We share the benefits of our human with everyone because we're one with them. We let it be, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. Mwah.